in my mindset, I would never wear sleeves. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how cold it is. Bomb cyclone, a nuclear bomb cyclone. I'm not wearing sleeves. Hi, you're now listening to the Bare Minimum Podcast with Clay Harbor and Marshall Harris. Over the middle of Harbor, touchdown! We're going to be talking all things Bears all the time. We'll have interviews and commentary from your favorite players and beat writers from the city of Chicago. If you love the Chicago Bears and you love the NFL, you're in the right place. And this podcast is sponsored by Joy District Chicago. Come experience the three floors of Joy District. The first floor, Parlay at Joy, the ultra-modern sports bar. The second floor, the Club at Joy, the hottest dance club in the city. And the third floor, the Roof at Joy, the rooftop bar with great views of Chicago. Joy District is open Monday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 a.m., and Sunday from 2 p.m. to 12 p.m. We will see you at Joy District. Welcome into the Bare Minimum Podcast along with former NFL tight end Clay Harbor, whose former teams are doing quite well right now. When you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, which of course we saw last week, and the Jacksonville Jaguars fresh off a win and are set up nicely to have a shot at the AFC South Championship. I'm Marshall Harris. As I said, this is the Bear Minimum Podcast. You know the story about the Bears. Seven straight losses. Two and one start. Mm. They're now three and 11. It's not great, Clay, but guess what? They got another chance to shock the world. Here come the Buffalo Bills, who, are, who left Buffalo, got into Chicago, and they must feel like they're playing at home with what we're expecting the weather to be like on Saturday. Absolutely, man. I, I haven't played any games this tough. I, I think um, you were telling me it's, it's 10, 11 degrees at kickoff. Wind chill might be negative at kickoff. That's not fun. You know, your hands are numb. The ball's hard. It's going to be windy. You don't like playing in these, in these conditions. That, everything's, everything's harder. You feel every hit, and it just, it just makes it difficult to play. I mean, no, no NFL player, the first thing I would do in a locker room, the schedule comes out. You know what I would do when I was, like, say, Jacksonville or, you know, I'm in Detroit or even Philly? I look on the schedule and I go, okay, what are the cold weather games we're going to have to play this year? You know, if you look at December and you say we're in Chicago in December, you go, okay, that's going to be a tough one. That's what all the guys would do. You look down the schedule and you see the cold weather games. It's like if you're playing in Miami in December, that's a win. If you're playing Jacksonville in, in December, that's a win. You don't have to worry about the cold weather. So this is a factor. Guys really look at this, and obviously these are two teams that know, hey, I'm a bear, I'm a, I'm a bill. This is a part of our identity. This is in our blood. We're going to have to play in this weather. But it plays a factor. And and we'll see which team can handle it better. I think they're both built pretty pretty good for it. Um, the Bills throw the ball a little bit more, so it might be a little more difficult for them. But uh, you know, I think it's always a factor. And I think the weather, the weather being bad, always helps the worst team more. The team that's not as talented gets helped more by the bad conditions. So I think I can only look at this as a plus for the Bears. You know, the ground and pound, Herbert coming back, Montgomery out there, you know, QB1, the best running quarterback in the league. I know Allen thinks he can tote, but he ain't QB1. So I think it helps the Bears. Well, Allen is a more powerful runner because you see that guy get ahead of steam coming at you. You know, Justin Fields is going to hit you with a spin move, a juke. 
Allen might try to truck you and run you over. So I think that's the biggest difference between their running styles when they get there. And, and there could be a lot of running in this game depending on just how windy it gets. Again, 20 to 30 mile per hour winds, a chance of frostbite. Clay, I know you want to be a tough guy. I know you football players, man. Y'all, y'all sit there and you look at it and you're like, okay, no sleeves. We're good. But is this, is this a game where maybe y'all need to think twice about putting the sleeves on? You know, I've never played in these conditions this bad before, but in my mindset, I would never wear sleeves. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how cold it is. Bomb cyclone, a nuclear bomb cyclone, I'm not wearing sleeves. Um, it's a mental thing. You know, you're tougher than they are. If a guy comes out and he's wearing sleeves, I think this dude's soft. He's cold. He don't want to be here. I don't care how cold, but you see me on the sidelines, I'm putting on that quarterback coat. I'm sitting on that heated bench. Those heated benches, you don't realize that the benches that they sit on are so hot. You sit down, and, man, you you you, sit, you start sweating. By the time you go back on the field, obviously you're going to be cold when you get back on the field, but you're running. The warm-up is going to be the hardest part. Once you get warm, you keep on the coat, you're on the bench. It's honestly not that bad. Obviously, this is a little bit more than I've ever played in. I've played in a blizzard. I've played in snow. But negative, wind chill, windy, brutal. But you can't wear sleeves. You can't wear sleeves. You're losing the mental battle. I don't know if it's from I'm from a small town. You're trying to be tough. You want to be tougher than they are. You don't wear sleeves. If my offensive line wears sleeves, I'm going to tell them, take off your sleeves, bro. If you're a receiver, you go ahead and wear sleeves. They're pretty. They want to look good. You know, they, they know they're, they're from Cali and Florida, the athletes out there. But if you're defensive and offensive line are wearing sleeves, you got the wrong guys. It's funny because Velas Jones Jr. said, I- I'm not wearing sleeves. I'm not. Cole Komet said, I'm going to think about it because reporters were asking him about the possibility of frostbite. I mean, frostbite is a very real thing. Clay, didn't you say you were outside for 10 minutes and couldn't feel your hands and you had gloves on, right? I didn't have gloves on there in my pocket. Why didn't you have gloves on, Clay? Come on, man. He's just like me walking around West Loop, Chicago. I want the people to know that I'm tough. You know, when I see this business guy walking down, he looks, he says, man, well, either he says that guy's dumb or that guy's tough. I want to be like him. But, you know, overall, man, you know, it's it's really cold. And I wouldn't blame the guys today, the receivers, if they're wearing sleeves. But if you're a lineman, you can't do it. you got to risk the frostbite. Okay, so we have a situation where the Bears, and stop me if you've heard this before, they are hurting several players out. We really thought we were going to get to see a good look at Chase Claypool after the bye. The odds of that are just dwindling because he's out for this game. Kendall Vildor, out for this game. Trevon Wesco, out for this game. And several key guys are doubtful. And you wonder, you know, first of all, going back to last week, if Cody Whitehair was hurt. And that's why he was giving up all those sacks. But also, not having Cody White here because he's doubtful. Not having Tevin Jenkins because he's doubtful. It's it's not an ideal situation for the Bears. How does Matt Eberflus, Luke Getze, how do they fill some of these gaps? Yeah, this is going to be a tough one for Matt Eberflus with all these injuries. The biggest issue for me, from what I'm seeing, is the wide receiver core. Okay? Equinema St. Brown, out. Chase Claypool, doubtful. That means Justin Fields is throwing the ball to Dante Pettis, Byron Pringle, Valus Jones, and Nassimbo Webster. This is by far the worst wide receiver core in the entire NFL. People say Justin Fields only has 150 yards uh, throwing. 
look who he's throwing the ball to. There's not one other there's not one other quarterback that has a list of receivers that are this bad. And with these guys out, you know, you bring in Chase Claypool, you want to see him, you want to give him some help. Equinemia St. Brown's out, you know, and kill Harry. You know, is he going to have an opportunity to step up? There, This is the worst receiving unit in the NFL. Justin Fields, to even get 100 yards, to me, is going over and beyond because these guys these guys can't get open. I mean, some, Vales Jones obviously can't catch. I think Dante Pettis, let's talk about Dante Pettis, consistent guy, not the best hands, will get in the right spot. Byron Pringle, same thing, nothing crazy. And Kill Harry. Just hasn't shown much. I mean, Nisimba Webster is a practice player that's, you know, that's a depth, a depth addition. So it's going to be tough for Fields to find someone to get open. And then offensive line. Okay, you're going to have your right tackle playing guard. That's not a position that you can just move to. You know, some guys are, are talented enough to move from tackle to tackle, right tackle, left tackle. Tackle to guard is difficult. Larry Bourne playing guard. And what's that say about uh, Jatire Carter, you you don't want him to play. He's a, he's a rookie, I know, seventh round pick, but he's been on the roster all year. You don't trust him to play guard. So, white hair being out, does that change your opinion? The fact that he was hurt, he tried to play hurt. Does that change your opinion of what happened last week? He gave up four sacks. Alex Leatherwood gave up a sack. Cole Komet gave up a sack. Everybody's up in arms about the offensive line. So they should be. You can't give up that many sacks. One sack was Cole Komet. One sack was a covered sack, five seconds after the ball was snapped. Four sacks was Cody Whitehair, who now we learn is actually injured and doubtful, probably shouldn't have been playing. Does that change your opinion of what happened with Cody Whitehair last week? No, not really, because, I, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to do your job. If you can't do the job, you got to get out of there, or somebody's got to pull you out of there. So that's either on him or that's on, you know, the coaching staff. One way or another, the job has got to get done, Clay. I, I think the interesting thing here is you're asking how are they going to get you know stuff done offensively. You're going to have to use your running backs in a dynamic way. That's on Luke Getze, the play calling, to put a, find a way to get the ball in your playmakers' hands. The best two playmakers, or the best three playmakers, are the guys who will be behind the offensive line. Khalil Herbert, Justin Fields, and David Montgomery. Figure it out. That's 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 it's a, it's a bottom line type deal, right? Like I've you've, we've all seen teams whose wide receivers have not been good enough or who have been hurt, and you go down the depth chart and you're like, all right, we're gonna turn our running backs into more dynamic playmakers, doing stuff out of the backfield, uh, whether it's catching the ball out of the backfield, whatever. Cole Komet has to be highly involved in the game plan. Um, it, it, it's it's not great because you expect him to be back there helping with the blocking because of how many problems they've had with the offensive line. But he's also got to be able to make plays down the field. So I, I think Luke Getzey, this is your week to show that hey, I I'm that dude. I call the plays. Yeah, he's going to have to scheme against the Bills. Also, it's going to be windy. Run the ball. Yeah, figure it out. Run the ball. He's going to have to scheme some guys open, so that that's for sure. Um, and then defensively, there's some injuries as well, and uh, Kendall Vildor's out. And that, I know that doesn't seem like a big injury for, you know, thinking that, that Vildor's out. Obviously, you know, you got uh, Eddie Jackson already out. So Jalen Johnson covered A.J. Brown all, all game last week. In my opinion, I think Jalen Johnson should follow Stephon Diggs. 
Stephon Diggs, I think, is third in the NFL in receiving yards. I think he's honestly, he might be just as good as a player. He's not as big, explosive as A.J. Brown, but he runs great routes. He has great hands, and he's a good, he's an all-around receiver. You got to have Johnson follow around, follow around Stephon Diggs. Nobody else. I don't want to see Jalen Jones, undrafted rookie, on Stephon Diggs. I don't want to see Kyler Gordon on Stephon Diggs. Kyler Gordon's been doing better, and he's zone coverage guy. He can't cover man-to-man. you got to have Jalen Johnson follow around Stephon Diggs. And then Gabe Davis, you know, take your chances with Gabe Davis and, and Jalen Jones. That's tough, too. Gabe Davis. I don't know if you want to just take your chances with, with Gabe Davis. Chances. Last time I checked, he, he streaks down the field and catches touchdowns, too. But to me, Devonta Smith, who obviously had a big, big day, is a more dangerous number two than Gabe Davis. I would rather take my chance with Gabe Davis and Devonta Smith. And obviously they didn't shut down Devonta Smith, but he didn't completely wreck the game. So in my opinion, I'm, I'm, I'm traveling Jalen Jalen Johnson. I'm sorry with, uh, with Stefan Diggs all game, you know, give him the opportunity to show, Hey, he's only got a couple games left this year. He wants to get paid. You want to get paid like a top corner? There you go. You just had A.J. Brown. You know, you made, you did some good things. Obviously, gave up some big plays. But now you got Stephon Diggs. Doesn't get much better than that. What are you going to do against him? Put it on tape. You want to get paid like that? You want to get paid like a top cornerback? Now you got to guard Stephon Diggs all game long. Tape matters, Clay. Is that what you're saying? Tape matters. The tape doesn't lie. So the tape doesn't lie. Here's the thing. Looking at the tape, because I've, I've watched a lot of the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, man. Like, is is he a tougher challenge than Jalen Hurts in your eyes? Because I think he is just because of the physicality of him as a guy in the pocket and also as a runner and the way when he takes off, he's looking to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're 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 a little bit different. I feel like Josh Allen throws the ball a little bit better than Jalen Hurts. I mean they're both honestly they're both pretty similar. They're both pretty similar in the fact they can both run and they can both throw. I think Josh Allen has a much worse offensive line. Eagles' offensive line is much better. I think Jalen Hurts has a better line and better weapons. You look at his uh, his run game. You look at his tight end, Dallas Goddard. Obviously, Dawson Knox had a big game last week, almost 100 yards, touchdown. But Josh Allen has been doing this for, for multiple years. Josh Allen is one of the best in the game. I know so is Jalen Hurts, but in my opinion, Josh Allen's a tougher matchup than Jalen Hurts. I love Jalen Hurts. I'm a Philly guy. But he's so big. He's fast. He's got so much arm talent. Josh Allen, obviously, everybody watched that game last year. Again, you know, Chiefs versus versus Bills in the playoffs. And you saw what this guy was. He's right up there with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, obviously, you know, Jalen Hurts is, should be the MVP this year. But for, for whatever reason, in my mind, you know, I know these guys are both great players. I mean, Josh Allen right now is just one level above Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is up here. Jalen Hurts is top five, top six, top top five, top six. Josh Allen is number two in the league. Josh Allen's two in the entire league, right behind Patrick Mahomes. That's who he is. That's what makes this game so difficult is he is his greatness, and he's going to be here for a long time because he's young too. So in my opinion, I got Allen right above Hertz. Tough comparison. A lot of comparables. These guys can both run. They're both strong. They're both big. But Allen's a little bit better. Well, J- Jalen Hurts, uh, 
He did his thing against Philadelphia, throwing for 300 yards, rushing for three touchdowns. So we'll see what Josh Allen does. Uh, time, time for us to take a little break from the football talk. You know what it, you know what it is. Halftime here on the Bare Minimum Podcast where we, we reflect on some of Clay Harbor's thoughts in trying to become not a single man but a taken man. How, how's the journey going for you, Clay? You know, it's an interesting journey, and, and there's one thing that I, you know, I kind of wanted to talk to you about today is, you know, we've become this social media society, and it's become a huge part in dating. And back in the day when, when me and you were in college and, and coming up, you know, you know, our early 20s, that wasn't a thing. There was no apps. There was, I mean, you had Facebook. I mean, Instagram started peeking its head, you know, you get later, you know, for us a little bit into our later 20s. But there was never as much of an emphasis on this social media thing as there is now. And that's become a huge part of dating social media. And now there's apps and maybe we'll talk about apps another time next, next episode. But right now I want to talk to you about, you know, Instagram. Do you think first things first, do you think social media has made dating harder or easier? Yeah. From what, from what I can tell, it's made it harder because there's so many more people available to you now. The grass is always greener on the other side. Somebody does one thing that you don't jive with, you just drop them and on to the next one. That's a lot of people's mentalities now. Whereas before, you kind of like figure it out. Yeah, it's brutal. I think it's. I think social media has made dating dang near impossible. I mean, you got it because there's always something there around the corner there's it's so easy for someone to just move on at the first sign of any issues instead of talking things out instead of really figuring out okay what's the problem it's like okay i'll just i'll just go and swipe and find another date or you're looking at instagram a version of somebody who looks like their life is just incredible wow he's he's doing this she's doing that look at this girl look at this guy listen you know and it's just so easy and it makes people easy to move on and not work through things and always think that there's something better on the horizon. So I agree with you. I think social media has actually done the reverse and made dating harder. It's made the hookup culture easier and more prevalent, but the dating culture, actually relationships have become more difficult. But that means me brings me to my next point. If you are looking to find, I have no friends that have found relationships on, on Instagram. How do you DM? Do you DM? And how do you respond to DMs, and what do you look at when you're responding to a DM? That's the question right there. Well, the interesting thing you bring that up, the DMs, like, direct messages are so hilarious because it's not like people just pop into other people's direct messages anymore, I don't think. I I know when I communicate with my friends, I'm always probably responding to something that they post, like, in their stories, right? A funny meme or, like... They're somewhere doing something crazy. And I'm, I just have conversations with people. Like, I may be texting my friends um, in text, but also having multiple forms of communication with them because I'm wearing the DMs, cracking up about something, a video. I don't call, it a, I don't call it a slide. It, in my opinion, it's not a slide if you guys know each other. To me, a slide is you don't, you've never met. If you met a girl, even if it's a woman that you're kind of interested in, if you met her and you're... And you guys know each other from some instance that is not social media. 
and you re- you respond to a story, I don't think that's sliding in DMs. That's just conversation. You've met. So, you're just in talking. your mind sliding into the DMs is if you have no anything and you just pop up with a message. You follow this person, you see them on Instagram, you think they're cute or attractive, or you find them on your For You page, and you maybe reply to a story of theirs, or maybe you just slide right in and just say, hey, like, um, you know, I'm Clay, or whatever. I, to me, that's a slide. If you so know wait, someone... You, you do this? Does it work? I, I have all the questions. I, I typically do not slide in DMs. I've, I'll like a picture at some point, but I'll, I won't just pop up in a DM. You know, if I'm if I'm doing it, I will like a picture and then maybe, you know, see if if she likes a picture back. Seldom the one person well, the one girl's DMs I've slid into multiple times. And and I'm kind of embarrassed by this because it's not my bright moment was the girl from um, Game of Thrones. She was uh, Daenerys Targaryen's uh, helper, uh, Missande. I don't even know her real name right anymore, but. I How you not gonna know her real name, but just slide into her DMs. This is hilarious. And the girl from Bridgerton, Daphne Bridgerton. I, I slid into her DMs before, but those are the two. Those are the two girls: Missande from Game of Thrones, Daphne Bridgerton. Didn't get a response from either of them. But besides that, I'm more of a guy that like let me hit hit her with a like and see if it goes from there. So, do you think if you're trying to get someone's attention, you need to slide in? Is a like enough? Should you go ahead and follow? How does this work? I, I honestly don't know, Clay. This is this is your area of expertise. I'm learning from you right now. You just told me about the for you page. You would just go there and scout, correct? Is that No, I'm saying I'm not I'm saying if you see someone on the for you page that pops up and you click on them and you look at their profile, then you know, maybe you slide if you're interested. But for me, if I was interested, I would just like a couple pictures. That's how I would do it. On the other okay, end, if they like pictures back, that's opening up the opportunity to have further yeah. discussion. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm with that. That that seems like a perfectly reasonable approach. My question, though, for you, Clay, and, and I asked this when we started this podcast, Clay, and I posted like the first day we're starting a podcast. My DMs blew up because I had no less than 15, 20 women asking me about you, and you know I'm a connector. I connect people. <laughs> In business, in love, lust, friendship, whatever. I just love to connect people. So I forwarded you the messages, or in this case, the profiles of these women. And I said, Clay, if you're interested, let me know. This girl's asking about you. And my favorite response that you gave me was like, I respectfully decline. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you can do, man, is be respectful. As far as for... for Okay, for this one's for the ladies. If we have any lady listeners, this is for you. And, you know, we'll post, I'll post this clip to, to let you guys know as well. But here's how you should slide into a DM if you're looking to slide into a guy's DM. First off, you know me, I got a little bit of a following. I was on a reality TV show as an NFL player. So I will, get a D, I will get DMs. And here's what I look at if I see them. Sometimes you don't see them because it goes to a like a folder to where it's like you can't see them. I've had women's like people say like, hey, I tried to DM you, but I'm like, sorry, I didn't see it. I don't see all of them. But if you see it and you, in the, the first profile picture, it catches your eye. When you get the DM, you click on it. If they're private, game over before it even gets started. They're private. Don't, if, you're, if you're private, 
do not even do not even try to slide in a DM. You're not going to get a response from anyone. I don't think you're private. Yeah. Because so I, I can't mean, see your, I can't see your, you know, the profile pic's so small on the page, and I can't see any other pictures. I don't know what I'm dealing with. I, I, I agree with you on that. If you're, I don't care how good the profile picture looks or whatever. You could be fake. You could be a catfish. You like, who knows what you really look like? If you're private, don't slide. The next thing is for me, obviously, you click and you look and you see if if there's someone you think's attractive. That's a given, and then that's the next step. Okay, so so you are. You think they okay? This girl's actually cute. And then, obviously, you, if, if you look at their pictures, you know, what kind of pictures do they post when she look like a normal person? Then, if, I, if, I've, if they've, I've vetted that and they seem like, you know, okay, I'm like, okay, then I would look at who they're following, okay? And this is something where you might think, so for me, being a member of, like, The Bachelor and NFL player, if I see they're following a bunch of Bachelor people or a bunch of NFL players, red flag, no response off the off the bat off principle because I'm like, okay, I can obviously see what this is. This girl's trying to reach out to you for clout of some sort because you know you're you're on a TV show or you played in the NFL. So we'll not respond off of that. Okay. She's wait, not wait, wait, wait. Let me inter- let me interject there. If you're if you're not responding because you're saying you're looking for clout, I mean, how did they come across you? You fall into those categories. Okay. Well then, I mean, if you're following a bunch of other people from the similar, you're obviously doing this a lot. And for me, I mean, that's fine. If that's how you like to meet, you like to meet, you know, rally TV people or NFL players, you, you know, you look them up, maybe you slide into DMs. But to me, that's not my thing. I'm not going to respond if you're following, you know, Bachelor Nation or a bunch of NFL players. It's just to me, it's like this is obviously – kind of thought out and like their thing so that's a no isn't it always thought out or if you're like reaching out to someone my, my, my thing is so do you expect this 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 uh lovely young lady to be like a homebody who doesn't really follow anybody but you no she can follow people but if she's following if she's just a big fan girl that's following a bunch of nfl players or a bunch of bachelor people it's not gonna happen so then from there say she's not following you know, uh, half of my buddies from the show or my buddies from them. There's been girls that guys would post on, like, a group chat, like, yo, how many people have gotten DMs from this girl? And um, literally all of us would, like, send the same DM. Like, yeah, this girl's DM, like, half the half the cast of The Bachelor, like a bunch of different NFL players. Yeah, it's happened multiple times. Just like there's NFL groupies, there's rally television group, girls that just want to be connected there. So that's why you got to vet that, man. And then after that, if all that is in line, then after that, then maybe there will be a response of some sort. But These are problems very, I don't want to have, Clay. I'm going to be honest with you. But, yeah. Very it seldom. Very all of it. Very seldom. Very seldom, though. And you know what's been happening to me a lot lately is I post TikToks, right? I do some TikToks, some funny stuff. And I will get people from my TikToks that show up like, hey, I saw your TikTok and I think that's funny. And um, that'll occasionally happen as well. But to DM, ladies, first off, don't be private. Secondly, you know, if you're if you're really thinking you're going to find your husband out there, watch who you're following. He's probably going to look at that. And then um, thirdly, don't come in with some crazy line. Just kind of say like, hey. You know, I never, you know, like this is like whatever. I think you're cute. If you live here, maybe we grab a cup of coffee or whatever. Don't come in with some crazy off the wall, 
like proposition or line, that's usually not very attractive. You know what? The one thing I would say I love about social media and just all the stories that I hear, shoot or shoot, Clay, whether you're a man, a woman, shoot or shoot. I, I encourage everyone to be on their Steph Curry. Just you never know. Just take take the shot. Take the shot. Absolutely. And that means, you know, and if you don't want to slide into DMs, I got a great place for you guys. You guys got to check out Joy District. They, they got three floors. They got the in real life. You go there in real life and meet your person. You don't need the DMs. Go to Joy District. You know, Marshall's going to be up on that second floor in the club dancing. That boy be dancing. Okay, then you go up to the rooftop. They got a great view. Even in the winter right now, it's 70 degrees in there. They got it enclosed right now, the roof. Great view still. Then you go to the bottom floor. You got the sports bar. You go watch a game. I was going to go watch the uh, the Jaguars game yesterday, but it was just too dang cold outside. Couldn't step outside. It's too cold. I was going to go watch it. I stayed inside, watched it at home. But check out Joy District. Uh, great place to meet. You don't have to slide in DMs. You go there in person and find someone, good, make a good relationship. But let's get back to football, Marshall. This one just came to me. I'm watching the Jaguars game last night. Obviously, you know, I played for the Jaguars for four years, and they have two quarterbacks that were drafted in the same draft class as Justin Fields. One's Trevor Lawrence, who's graded as the number one quarterback the last seven weeks. The second one's Zach Wilson, who is is not looking good. So where... Where do you rank these guys? Is Zach Wilson done for? Do you think his time is over? They bring in Tim Tebow's evil cousin with tattoos that that that's actually running the ball and doing well. Got Mike White sitting on the bench ready to take back over. Zach Wilson, I I feel like his time's over in, in New York. He he has to be done. They have to move on. At some point you have to say this guy just can't play. He can't play. Well, my question is, how good did we think Zach Wilson was when he came out of college? Like, obviously, the Jets saw something in him, but it has not come to fruition. And the question is, how many chances do you get? Doesn't it take a quarterback, like, three years to, to fully develop? Three years of playing in the NFL or no? Am I, am I crazy for saying that? No, you, you're right. But he hasn't shown much at all. You look at his counterpart. He just played against Trevor Lawrence, the guy he was taking one pick after. Isn't that... Telling, you're taking one pick after Trevor Lawrence. You look at Trevor Lawrence versus, versus him. Trevor Lawrence doesn't even look like he's he's playing the same sport. They're not even playing. The, Zach Wilson isn't even playing football compared compared to what Trevor Lawrence is doing. Zach Wilson looks about like Trevor Lawrence did his rookie year. Remember, Lawrence was throwing pick after pick after pick, and it was like, is this guy going to figure it out? I was like, yo, he's a rookie. Give him time. Urban Meyer. They gave him time and look at him now. That's my point. Like, I, I just think fans are too critical in the development of quarterbacks specifically, but really football players in general. But quarterbacks specifically, it is the hardest position to play on the field, correct? Yes. But you see these guys. Here's the thing. These guys are coming in and having more success than he is in the same system. There's been th- there's been three other quarterbacks that have played, and Zach Wilson is has been outplayed by all three of them. It's not just one guy. Obviously, Mike White, Joe Flacco outplayed him. And I don't even remember dude's name from last night that came in and started playing, but he outplayed him too. I mean, these guys are everybody's outplaying him. 
That's 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 troubling. Okay, if you're getting outplayed by these guy by a practice squad player, by Joe Flacco who actually took a wheelchair to the game because he's so old, like, okay, Mike White, who's Mike White? Like, sounds like a made up name, like a creative player name, Mike White. Like, these guys are outplaying you in the same system, the same offense. Garrett Wilson's getting off against these guys with these guys at quarterback. You can't get him the ball. Okay, to me. Zach Wilson, you got he's, he's His numbers are comparable to Jamarcus Russell right now in Ooh. year three. Jamarcus, I Jamarcus saw, Russell. I saw the Jamarcus Russell um, comparison yesterday, and I cringe. I go, dang, that's that's too similar. I think he's not going to be as big as a bus as Jamarcus Russell, but he's close. I think Jack Zach Wilson, um, his time is done, and I mean, I, I can't believe that they took him over Justin Fields. They, if Justin Fields was on that Jets roster with that defense with some of the weapons they had, that, that team would, would probably be, you know, 11-win team this year. So let's be thankful for that. Yeah, I, I mean, Justin Fields definitely fell to the Bears, and that's it's a good thing. Um, I, yeah, Justin Fields is better, is better than Zach White. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks like the real deal, though. We can agree on that, right? Trevor Lawrence looks like a guy who should have been the number one overall pick just because he has the Jaguars on the virtue of making on the um, the verge of making the playoffs, so I, I'm interested to see what happens with that. They got like the Texans, and then they're going to end up if they win that game playing the Titans for the AFC South title, which is great. So uh, I love it. Like, you know, good for Doug Peterson also, who yeah. was unceremoniously removed in Philadelphia. I get it. Everybody's got an expiration date. He could follow though in Andy Reid's footsteps and have this team doing big things that after having struggled for so many years. Yeah, no, I, I'm happy for Doug. I think Doug did a, a phenomenal job, and you, you you love to see what he's been able to do there. And I know people are, are crushing Urban Meyer, but but let me put this perspective in, in, for a second. People are crushing Urban Meyer and saying Doug Peterson has just come in and changed the culture, changed the team. How bad is Urban Meyer? Because obviously you see how good the Jaguars are right now. The Jaguars did spend – an NFL record in the history of the NFL money and amount of money in free agency. So this whole team is different. Okay. Urban Meyer didn't have that team. I'm not saying Urban Meyer's a good coach. Urban Meyer was a terrible coach. But you gotta realize that they broke the NFL record for the amount of money spent in free agency as well. They completely remodeled that team. And, you know, Trent Balky was catching a lot of a lot of stuff, man. He was getting he was getting murdered by the Jaguars fans. So the Bears are going to have a similar type opportunity next year. They're going to have the same amount of money that the Jags do. So I don't know. I think they. I don't think they go the same route the Jags did, just throwing money at people. I don't think there's as many big name offensive players out as there was last year either. So it's going to be. It's going to be some comparables here. A team like the Jaguars, four wins last year, great quarterback or great potential at quarterback. Now you got a chance to put to put some things around them. To me, that's kind of what the Bears want to do. Go from worse, Jaguars, possibility of winning a division. Can the Bears do that? They're going to have the money. They're going to be able to revamp this team. They got a lot of holes to fill. I think the Jaguars can do a similar thing, maybe even better than the Bears, excuse me, can do a similar thing as the Jaguars, even better, and revamp their team, get their young quarterback some some talent, and make the playoffs next year. I mean, that's the whole play, but <laughs> I'm watching a team that's lost seven in a row and, and uh, what, 10 of the last 11? Like, 
that, that, but yes, that is that is the hope. Speaking of hope, there's still three games left. There's hope that this team might win. So I think it's time for our predictions now. Yeah. Let me know what you think about this game in bad conditions, freezing temperatures. Who's um, winning this game between the Bears and the, and, and the Bills? I think the Bills are obviously winning the game, but it's an eight-point spread. So I'll give you my pick, and then I'll give you my spread pick. Okay, the, the Bears have covered the spreads, I think, the last, like, five weeks or something. Last week they covered the spread. People thought the Eagles were going to gonna, gonna crush them, and they, they hung in there. They hung tough. You can't, you can't go against Justin Fields as far as the spread's concerned. The Buffalo Bills will win. They can play in this weather. Buffalo is a city, one of the only cities that has, has the same weather as Chicago, even worse sometimes. So I think Buffalo's built for this. They'll be able to get through this weather. They'll be able to win. But I think the Bears will cover the spread. The spread's eight points. I think the Bears stay within seven. I think it'll be a game 17 to 23. Bills win. 23-17 is what you're saying. Bills win. You know what? The Bears are due to keep the game close. Okay. Because they've been keeping the game close. I got the Bills winning this game as well, but I got them winning the game 24-21. Okay. That's what I got. All right, we're keeping these receipts. There you have it. Let's see, man. We'll, we'll see. I think it's going to be a fun game. Me and Marshall are going to be doing the CBS2 post-game show. You got to got to check that out. It's always fun being in studio with the Marshall Harris over there at CBS. This guy's a legend, by the way. You walk, you walk into CBS, too, with Marshall Harris, man. Everybody loves this guy. This guy's a celebrity walking in that building. It's crazy. I, I'm just a coworker, Clay. I have co- coworkers. They know, you know who I work with. So, therefore, I'm not a celebrity. I'm just a guy doing, doing his thing. Um, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to this week's Bare Minimum podcast. Clay Harbor giving, giving us his thoughts. We talked about everything from the DMs, how to slide, how not to slide into the DMs. The Bears, their injury situation, specifically a receiver, also the offensive line. Uh, and then, you know, some quarterback comparisons from the, the, the class of Justin Fields a couple of years ago. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. You've got Zach White. Not to be confused with Mike White, who's the better quarterback on the Jets. Um, but look, enjoy the ride with these Bears. Be entertained. Justin Fields is going to do his thing. Maybe they can come up with an upset. Neither Clay nor I picked said upset. But we'll check in with you after the game on the next Bare Minimum Podcast. And we'll either be talking about an eight-game winning streak or an exciting, thrilling, shocker of an upset.